River 949, Marnie and Campo for breakfast. You know, we, we all want to know what's going on in Ukraine at the Absolutely. moment, Marnie, because we just we hear different reports, different visions. Seven News uh, Europe correspondent Sarah Greenolch is with us this morning, live on the ground from Ukraine and Kiev. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Good morning, guys. All good here, thank you. Now, tell us, you're, you're there in Kiev. What's what's the latest? The route on the ground here in Kiev isn't too bad at the moment because the Russia, the, the Ukrainians managed to fight off the Russians in the northern suburbs and the and to the west of this um, city, as you would have seen probably in images on TV from the past few weeks. So today, for example, we were in the town of Bucha, which has been talked about a lot. That's where there were those atrocities carried out by the Russians, uh, executions, killing civilians for what really seems like absolutely no reason. And today we went to a funeral there where there was a guy called Yuri, two months off from his 50th birthday. He dropped his daughter off to safety when the Russian invasion started and then he took up mounting a checkpoint and was injured, they believe, by the Russians and then executed. So his wife only just identified his body a few weeks ago. He'd been missing since the 5th of March um, and he'd been executed, shot in the head six times. So he was buried today. And that sort of, those, those funerals are still happening. This town was liberated a month ago. Then one town over, Erkin, which is another name you've probably have heard in the news. Uh, we, we went into a, a residential tower there where there's just these indiscriminate artillery strikes. So we went into what was a luxury penthouse, a beautiful apartment. The owners moved out as the war started, fearing there could be a strike and this apartment is just rubble. There is nothing left. There is no way that you could go back in and out of the 1,200 residents in that apartment block who lived there pre-war, 70 are currently living there. They've come back just in the past few days. So what are the Russians doing? Are they going town to town and just taking over, are they? Well, originally the strategy, well, no one really knew what the strategy was originally. I was here in Ukraine for five weeks leading up to the invasion and no one thought that President Putin would do this. So originally they came in aiming to seize or, or capture as many cities as possible. They really failed in that first phase of the invasion. So now this is stage two. Uh, Putin has said that he wants to uh, um, liberate, he calls it, the Donbass, which is the east of the country. And, guys, that's where there's been a war, essentially, for the past eight years, since 2014, they have been fighting in the Donbass. But he now wants to claim as much land as possible, also southern parts of Ukraine. So over the past couple of days, there's been this real intensified shelling and fighting uh, in the east of the country. So that's why it does feel a little safer, if you will, uh, in the capital now, given that they have managed to push the Russians back. But you you just don't really know what he's thinking. No one ever knows what he's thinking. No. Well, I mean, the thing yeah. is, things could, you know, change at any moment. I mean, what is the feeling amongst the people there? Are they are they feeling safer? Are they feeling like things are a little more in control, regardless of, of, of outcomes? Or are they still quite fearful? The Ukrainians are incredibly stoic. Uh, they are determined to win. So every time you speak to someone uh, and you ask, how is this going to end? You know, what's the result? Uh, can you can you see what the future looks like? They say, we will win. There'll be victory to Ukraine. Like, it's that's not even really a question. Mm. And today, when I asked Arla, who was the wife of Yuri, so she was burying her husband, I said to her, what would you say uh, to the man who launched this invasion, Putin, uh, she replied with what has now become a very famous Ukrainian saying, I can't say it in full, uh, but it's basically telling the Russian warship where to go, which, again, you may have seen became a very famous phrase at the beginning of this invasion when mm. the Ukrainians um, 
with some expletives, told the Russians, you know, where to head. So this mm. is what she said mm-hmm. to me at her husband's funeral. So that just kind of gives you an indication of how determined they are uh, to win and to continue being a sovereign country. They want their mm. independence. The other thing that's really interesting and, and, and really difficult for us to understand is she's half Russian and so mm. was her husband. So he was executed by Russians, he's half Russian and their Russian relatives won't speak to them because they are listening to the propaganda uh, that Moscow, you know, puts out there. So it's a really mm. sad situation. It's uh, it's a tense situation and, and the other interesting part is that a lot of people fear that Putin will do anything to claim some sort of symbolic victory by the 9th of May. It's this really important day in Russia called Victory Day where they celebrate uh, their defeat of the Nazis and experts, analysts are saying you can't underestimate the importance of that day to Putin because they hold a massive parade uh, in Red Square and, and he'll want some sort of victory before then. Mm, All right, okay. well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much, Sarah. And you stay safe. You you okay? Everything okay with you? I'm all good. Thank you, guys, for checking. Our pleasure. Seven News mm-hmm. Europe correspondent, Sarah Greenholtz. Yes, take care. On the ground in Kiev. Marnie and Campo, River 949.